Session 13, Journaling as a Spiritual Discipline. Session Overview, Why Keep a Spiritual Life Journal? What Goes into a Spiritual Life Journal? Application, Exam, Discussion Guide for Mentor and Participant. Learner Objectives. At the end of this session, you should Understand the historic and current values and techniques of spiritual journaling. Embrace the spiritual discipline of spiritual journaling as a means to deepen your relationship with God, enhance spiritual growth, increase self-knowledge, and integrate your life. Pledge to do spiritual journeying regularly, even beyond the duration of this course. Evaluate your journaling experiences so far and share your insights with class members. Introduction the recovery of journaling as a spiritual discipline has brought back an important part of the Christian heritage. Some of the most important literature in the world are the journals of pilgrims whose recorded journey still lights our way to spiritual formation. At the top of the list is Augustine's Confessions. The journal is not about confessing dark, wicked sins, though some are included. It is more about confessions of faith, that is, affirmations of belief and devotion. John Wesley's journal has been reprinted many times. Wesley almost required his preachers and lay leaders to keep daily journals. Because of that, we probably know more about the Methodist revival in 18th century England than any other Christian era. Other notable journals are those of Teresa of Avila, Julian of Norwich, Hildegard of Bingen, Evelyn Underhill, and Henry Nelwyn. The journal of John Woolman, the Quaker who led the fight against slavery in America, is included in the Harvard Classics. Blaise Pascal's journal, Pensies, is a must-read. Dag Hammarskjöld's journal, Markings, has gone through 20 printings. The journal of Danish theologian Soren Kierkegaard is ranked as world-class literature. Through the centuries, believers have found good reasons to write a spiritual journal. In diaries and general journals, people record everything that goes on in their lives. Some keep work or professional journals, recording key developments in the workplace. Teachers often keep professional journals about their work with individual students. Some persons keep journals of their dreams. Some people meticulously keep family journals with cute sayings the kids say at every birthday and Christmas, and still cuter photos of it all. The journal you have been asked to do for this module focuses on your spiritual journey as you interact with class content, scripture, your inner self, and with the Lord. Your work, family, and events of everyday life will be included in your responses when they bring spiritual joys, problems, and issues. As we begin this exploration of journal writing, it is important to be open to the idea of journaling. You may be excited about the prospect, or you may dread another writing exercise. This is an invitation to stretch and experiment with this discipline. Hopefully you will discover an aspect of journaling which will connect with your personality and practices. Journal writing should never become a grim chore. If you see it that way, you will not do it for long. Writing in your journal is not a task you must perform perfectly. Go at it in the spirit of creative play. Let your journal writing time be a Sabbath time for you, an enjoyable, quiet time even a gift to yourself. Think of the solitude connected with your journal as part of the abundant life God wants you to have. Ronald Klug, How to Keep a Spiritual Journal, Minneapolis, Augsburg, 1993, page 58. Journaling as a Spiritual Discipline Why Keep a Spiritual Life Journal? Last night, I browsed my journal from 1982. 
The grandkids were toddlers then. One was not even born yet. I noted the prayers I was bringing to God then, some long since answered, some still in the Lord's inbox, the events I celebrated, the quotations I had gleaned from books that are now gone out of my library, but thanks to the journal, not out of my life. A host of good reasons to keep a spiritual life journal came flooding back. Consider these reasons for journaling. Number one, you will learn a lot about your inner being, what Lauren Isley called that ghost continent within. Your journal will become sort of a mirror of self and soul. And all of us, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, New Revised Standard Version. We are, as Thomas Aquinas said, to gaze with love on God and share what has been seen with others. The first one the mirror reveals is ourself and all our need. A journal is a mirror that helps keep us honest with ourselves. As Huck Finn discovered, you can't pray a lie. I found that out. From Holiness Today, June 1999, page 27. Number two, life patterns will emerge, revealing your life has not been as haphazard as you thought. You will come to see the footprints of God marching through your life. C.S. Lewis notes, We think we have chosen our friends. In reality, a different birth date, a different college, taking the other job, any of these changes might have kept us apart from our current set of friends. As you look back, you discover that a secret master of ceremonies has been at work, and he is still on the job. Number three, your capacities and skills in Bible study, meditation, confession, and prayer will increase. Evil forces, and even neutral ones, make it hard for the Christian to stay close to God. We need to develop the skills of the devotional life. If some believers were given an hour to pray, they would not know what to do or how to proceed. Journaling sharpens your spiritual tools. Pausing to jot down our thoughts has a way of quieting and uncluttering our overactive, decentered lives. To find again our lost center in Christ. Susan A. Muto Pathways to Spiritual Living Petersham, M.A., St. Bede's Publications, 1984, page 96 I know a faith that does not hold my intellect will soon not hold my heart. E. Stanley Jones, quoted by Klug, page 25 Keeping God's love and forgiveness uppermost prevents becoming merely self-analytical. Journal writers know that they must guard against excessive introspection looking at themselves under a microscope, trying to analyze every fault and failing, every small success or consolidation. Susan A. Muto, Pathways, page 99. Number four. A regular time to reflect and write can help bring integration to the flashing forces that fragment thought, befuddle hearts, clutter agendas, and reduce you and me to flustered ineffectiveness. The journaling time stops the frenzied flow of experience and helps you look at it again make sense of it all, and set priorities. Number five, journaling helps to clarify your unexamined assumptions, presumptions, and opinions inherited or adopted from the culture by measuring them against Christian standards. We live too much of our lives untested and in sub-Christian traditions, what Susan Muto calls prefocal vagueness. To realize this benefit, you must pause occasionally after writing a statement of belief and ask yourself some questions. Why do I believe this? What in scripture, tradition, reason, and experience supports this statement? Number six, journaling is one way you explore the uniqueness of your own spiritual journey. 
Don't go through life imitating the religious experiences of others. God has a faith journey plotted to meet your unique needs, vulnerabilities, gifts, and strengths. Your journal helps you learn your own story. It is a book in which you carry out the greatest of life's adventures, the discovery of yourself. Number seven, your spiritual journal will help you discover and act upon the aha moments, those times when two or three ideas connect and a life-changing insight is born. Perhaps no greater insight comes than the one in which you discover that God is not part of your life, but that you are a little part of His life. These aha moments are underlined in our lives when we write them down. It is a gift to the future when we try to remember all that we are feeling at those pivotal times and be able to look back and see what we wrote down. Robert Louis Stevenson said, To miss the joy is to miss all. From The Upward Call, Beacon Hill Press of Kansas City, 1994, page 115. Number 8. Your journal will become a friend and coach as you face those crossroad or hinge moments when you must filter powerful emotions and weigh decisions, opportunities, and alternatives about family, vocation, and life. Number 9. Journaling helps develop a confident lifestyle marked by joy, playfulness, and hope. E.D. Freeborn says journaling adds a serendipitous dimension of hilarities, of cheerfulness into the holy lifestyle. Secure in Christ, these journalers don't take themselves too seriously. Your joys are great gifts from God. These moments deserve to be treasured, pondered, relived, and cherished, writes Ronald Klug. Journaling about them serves as a good antidote to self-pity and depression. From Peace, page 44. Number 10. Journaling can help break the power of painful memories of the past. Richard Peace writes about a man whose father repeatedly brutalized him. Journaling helped him escape the awful prison of those memories. Often, the act of making memories concrete by putting them and our responses to them in writing robs them of their power over us. We bring them from the darkness into the light. A journal helps you see if you are still on the way or sidetracked in some pleasant spot that has you deceived. Robert Wood, A 30-Day Experiment in Prayer Nashville, The Upper Room 1978. Page 14. Number 11. Your journal can sometimes serve as a safety valve for emotions that threaten to get out of control. Did you ever experience the therapy of writing a stern letter then have the good sense not to mail it? Writing in your journal can be like that. Susan Muto says, Writing releases pent-up, potentially volcanic emotions. I can let go of a lot that disturbs me when I write. Immense mountains are revitalized into normal molehills once I see them sketched on paper. If I don't write out these hurts and angers, they have a way of festering inside. Number 12. Journaling is about growth and grace, that is, Christ-likeness. As we gaze upon the face of the Savior, we come to reflect the Lord's image more and more. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Journaling helps keep our attention on things that matter most. Objections to keeping a journal Listen, show me in the Bible where it says I have to do that. Journaling is not commanded like prayer or the sacraments. Jesus did not say, journal in remembrance of me. And surely there will be non-journalers in heaven. Some people can't seem to make journaling a useful discipline, but millions more do. It is a spiritual discipline one should not ignore, even if your first few tries at it seem futile. 
Other people are afraid someone will find out and read their private writings. That can happen, but the privacy problem can be handled. Keep your journal in a private place. If you are recording sensitive matters, such as personal relationships with troublesome folks, use coded initials. If you are praying over a temptation or a sin with which you are struggling, use code words or enigmatic initials. Your journal is your private property. Journaling is one way we create space each day to hear, to connect, and to speak with the divine. The call to holiness beckons us to return single-hearted, awe-filled, grateful abandonment to God's will. There is no excuse to remain an hour a Sunday Christian. We are called to so much more. Susan Muto, Pathways, page 31. Look, I have three kids, three jobs, and I get about three hours of sleep a night. I don't have time to keep a journal. That's the most frequent objection. That is what you will say if you want to avoid the upward call that devotional journaling offers. Most of us need to learn to manage our time instead of letting it manage us. One of my favorite games is make it go away. When my schedule starts to frazzle me, I start making things go away. I resign from a couple of committees, cancel a few appointments, postpone a chore or two, and say no to the next writing assignment. I urge you to make time for journaling. If you do not find yourself alone, you will not find yourself at all, and you will not find God either. Bear in mind, journaling is not a substitute for public worship, Christian fellowship, small group accountability, the Holy Sacraments, or active Christian service. It is about your personal walk with the Lord. Journal writing should never become a grim chore. If it does become a chafing duty, you will give it up. Approach it with a spirit of discipleship, yet with a spirit of creative play. Your journaling time can soon become a Sabbath of restful presence. Keeping a spiritual journal is a gift to yourself, yet it is not selfish because it helps you give yourself to the Lord. It can help you toward the abundant spiritual life to which the Lord is calling you in the silences of your heart. The Pledge Will you launch into a spiritual life journaling adventure? Will you pledge to take a few minutes a day for yourself in your journal? Find below an affirmation form. This isn't a contract, but an affirmation of intention. If you mess up and miss a few days, no one expects you to don sackcloth and ashes. If you fail or forget, get back in step and pick up where you left off. Talk to your mentor about this commitment. This conversation should be an honest reflection of your hesitancies, concerns, joys, commitments, or inabilities to sign. Affirmation I do take growth in Christ-likeness seriously. Therefore, I covenant with myself to start and finish this spiritual life devotional journey. I promise to take some time each day for the Lord, my journal, and myself. My plan is to spend minutes a day for days each week with my journal for the duration of this module and for at least three additional months. Signed, Date what goes into a spiritual journal? Types of entries. Journalers often make entries in categories such as the following. One will not write in all of these categories daily. Usually two or three will dominate a day's entries. Number one, major events, significant happenings in your work or study. Number two, family matters. Number three, key relationships and conversations at home, school, and work. Number four, Important ideas encountered from reading, thinking, writing, or discussion. Number five, achievement or failures that occurred this day. Number six, feelings. 
the strongest feelings of contentment, joy, happiness, hope. The emotional lows, depression, discouragement, fear, guilt, worry, etc. Number seven, internal happenings, intuitions, new appreciations, inner convictions, and insights about your character or self. Number eight, major news stories, floods, war, strikes, peace treaties, etc. Number nine, notable physical experiences, exercise, work, illness, exhaustion, etc. Number 10, spiritual events, prayer, Bible study, worship, etc. Number 11, affirmations, conclusions, decisions, commitments made, or beliefs clarified or confirmed. Number 12, spiritual failure, besetting sins, repentance, etc. And number 13, acts of ministry or Christian service. Sampling famous journals. As you read the following excerpts from John Wesley's and Augustine's journal, consider the positive outcomes. While most of us will not have our journals published, we can recognize this is a gift for us today. We can also imagine the positive outcomes for these authors as they reviewed their journals in the years to come. John Wesley's Journal I returned to London and on Sunday 22 buried the remains of Elizabeth Duchesne, a person eminently upright of heart yet for many years a child of labor and sorrow. For nearly forty years she was zealous of good works and shortened her days by laboring for the poor beyond her strength. But her end is peace. She now rests from her laborers, and her works follow her. Tuesday, 31st. We concluded the year with solemn praise to God, the New Year's Eve watch night service. It has never been intermittent one year, since the year 1738, in which my brother and I began to preach that strange doctrine of salvation by faith. Wednesday, January 1st, we met, as usual, to renew our covenant with God, the Wesley Covenant Service. It was a solemn season, wherein many found his power present to heal. Thursday, the 2nd, I began expounding, in order, the book of Ecclesiastes, I never before had so clear a sight either the meaning or the beauty of it. Neither did I imagine that the several parts of it were in so exquisite a manner connected together, all tending to prove the grand truth that there is no happiness outside of God. Wednesday the 8th I looked over the manuscripts of that great and good man, Charles Perronet. I did not think he had so deep communion with God. I know exceeding few that equal him, and had he had a university education, there would have been few finer writers in England. From The Works of John Wesley, edited by Thomas Jackson, 3rd edition, 14 volumes, London, Methodist Book Room, 1872, reprint, Kansas City, Beacon Hill Press of Kansas City, 1978. Chapter 4, pages 91 and 92. Monday, 13th. I took the opportunity of spending an hour every morning with the preachers, as I did with my pupils at Oxford. Wednesday, the 15th, I began visiting those of our society who lived in Bethnal Green Hamlet. Many of them I found in such poverty that few could conceive of. Oh, why do not all the rich that fear God constantly visit the poor? Can they spend part of their spare time better? Certainly not. So they will find in that day when every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, 
Such another scene I saw the next day. I have not found any such distress. No, not in the prison of Newgate. One poor man was just creeping out of his sickbed to his ragged wife and three little children, who were more than half naked, and the very picture of famine. When one bringing a loaf of bread, they all ran, seized upon it, and tore it to pieces in an instant. St. Augustine's Confessions At age 31, Augustine was trying to break away from the litigious life of wine, women, and song, particularly women. The very toy of toys, the vanity of vanities, my ancient mistress, still held me. They plucked my freshly garment and whispered softly, Dost thou cast us off? What defilements did they suggest? What shame! Yet they did retard me, so that I hesitated to shake myself free from them, a violent habit saying to me, Thinkest thou, thou canst live without them? Continence herself, a fruitful mother of children of joys, smiled on me. Cast thyself fearlessly upon him. He will receive and heal thee. Stop thine ears against those thine unclean members, that they may be mortified. This controversy in my heart was self against self. But when a deep consideration had from the secret bottom of my soul drawn together and heaped up all my misery in the sight of my heart, there arose a mighty storm bringing a shower of tears. I cast myself down under a certain fig tree, giving full vent to my tears. O oh Lord, how long, how long! Remember not our former inequities, for I felt that I was held by them. So I was speaking and weeping in the most bitter contrition when I heard a voice chanting, Take up and read, take up and read. I arose, interpreting it to be no more than a command from God. Eagerly, I seized, opened the full volume of the Apostle, and in silence read the section, on which my eyes first fell, not a rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife or envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh. In concupiscence, instantly, a light as if it were a serenity infused into my heart, all the darkness of doubt vanished away. From the Confessions of St. Augustine, New York, Washington Square Press, Incorporated, 1960, page 145 through 148. Application Number 1. You have been asked to keep a journal from the beginning of this class. Take some time now to reflect on what that experience has been like for you. In what ways did the journaling experience deepen your relationship with God? Did writing out your thoughts and experiences help you make any decisions? What needed corrections in your service, discipline, attitudes, and relationships did the journaling experience pinpoint? Did you divide your journal into several sections? Spiritual dietary, answered prayers, collected prayers and quotations, reflections on sermons, books or life events? How did you arrange or organize your journal? What journaling occasions or experiences caused you to rejoice and praise God? If a television show were based on your journal, what would the title of the program be? Has the journaling experience helped you know yourself better? Has it produced any, I didn't know I was like that, comments or feelings? What Bible verses or quotations from books, poems, lectures, or discussions from this class or sermons have appeared in your journal? What music made its way into your journal? What was its significance? Does your journal record any answers to prayer? Would you recommend journaling as a spiritual discipline for new converts? 
Has this module given you any new ideas about how to make your future journaling more fruitful? Journaling works better for some than others. How would you rate your recent journaling experience? Journaling is something I will continue to do. The experience was valuable and satisfying for me. I didn't get much out of it. I did not work very hard at planning and organizing my journal. Some things I liked about journaling, some I did not. Number two, identify as many of the types of entries as you can from the excerpt from John Wesley's journal and from the expert from Augustine's Confessions. What type of entry dominated Wesley's writing? Augustine's. What did you learn about John Wesley from this brief journal excerpt? What did you learn about Aurelius Augustine from his journal? Are the concerns of Augustine and Wesley still relevant? Would these same themes appear in journals of contemporary Christians? Number three, research what the Bible says about fasting. Start your search with Matthew chapter 6, verses 17 through 18, Psalms 1, chapter 2, and Isaiah chapter 30, verses 15 through 16. Record your findings.